Enjoy fun adventures as you sail away together and experience the extraordinary marriage you desire. Join us in April 2025 for the Six Pillars at Sea Marriage Getaway. Yes, we are taking Six Pillars cruising and we want you to join us. Get all the details at oneextraordinarymarriage.com slash getaway. Use promo code SHIPSAHOY to get $500 off your registration today. We'll see you there. From San Diego, California, this is a One Extraordinary Marriage show. We're being busy is overdone, romancing is fun, and scheduling sex has taken the guesswork out of wondering when you're going to get some. I'm Tony DeLorenzo, your co-host, along with my beautiful wife, Elisa. From coast to coast and around the world, thank you for joining us. It's time to talk sex, love, and commitment. Give us a call or text us on the Hug Hotline at 858-876-5663 or send us an email to hugs at oneextraordinarymarriage.com. This is part two of our new series on money and marriage, those money conversations. And Olivia Mellon had this to say about money. Very simply, she says, almost everyone is uncomfortable talking about money. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly why we're doing a show talking about those money conversations, because we really want to break that down and break down that uncomfortableness if that's even a word, because it matters that you and your spouse can talk about money. Mm -hmm. But first we start every one extraordinary marriage show with a hug. And it's so fun to be able to share with each and every one of you about another couple whose marriage has experienced breakthrough and transformation. And this week's hug is sponsored by the one conference being hosted by journey church in Kenosha, Wisconsin. And we can't wait to tell you how you can actually participate and be a part of that event a little bit later in the show. This hug comes from an email message we received that says, my wife and I will be celebrating our 15th wedding anniversary this year. Yes. We were able to attend the one conference at Clearview Baptist Church in Henderson, North Carolina. And that was actually earlier this year. Mm -hmm. And he says, I always thought that we had a good to great marriage. Your conference showed me how much a good to great marriage was missing. Wow. Since the conference, we've had transformation in our marriage. We are communicating much better and we ensure we have our coffee break every Sunday evening. This has been absolutely amazing for us and has taken our relationship relationship to a different level just by doing that alone. Wow. One of the things that we do, just so you all know, is we actually do a live coffee break. During the conference. During the conference. He said, I'm so glad to hear that you're coming back to Henderson next year. We will be there in 2020. I'll be doing all that I can to get as many of my friends there. I know we will be back. I remember thinking that this was going to be just another conference. Boy, was I wrong. You are such an amazing couple and team, Mm. and I am forever grateful for your love, courage, support, and leadership. Mm. Thank you both so much. I also remember Tony saying that he liked fish tacos. I'm unsure (laughs) if he was joking or not. He's not joking. He's not. not, I love it. I love it. We make some awesome fish tacos if you have time. God bless you. And we can't wait to see both of you again in Henderson. Yeah, we love coming out and seeing the one family. Mm -hmm. And that was a special, special time there in Henderson, North Carolina at Clearview Church. And we can't wait to see you guys in in Kenosha, Wisconsin at Journey Church. You know, go to oneliveevents.com. You can learn all about that. We're going to talk more about it, though, later in the show. Mm -hmm. As Tony said, this is part two in our series of money and marriage. And we're digging deep into the role that money plays in your marriage. And last week, we talked about bringing your finances together. And this week, we're talking about, like Olivia Mellon said, that uncomfortable situation of having to talk about money. Money, right? Mm-hmm. Having those money conversations where you sit down and you talk about what's coming in and what's going out and the bills that we're paying. And, and you know, we're told from such an early age that there are certain things that you're not supposed to talk about. And generally it falls into money, politics, and religion. 
And I feel like sex is, a, is the fourth one in there. Sex is the fourth one, but I think we're told that by all of our adults. Yes. Like, like it's easy for them to say money, politics, and religion because yeah. they don't even want to say the word sex. Exactly. That's so true. Right. That's why it's the fourth. It's like the unknown fourth. But, you know, I grew up in a home where money was barely talked about. And if it was talked about, it was one of those things where it was the fights about money or about not having enough. It was, you know, having the the statements made like, well, you know, what do you think? Money doesn't grow on trees. And, and there was this whole like, just this pressure, this like kind of yuck feeling. Mm hmm around talking about money. It wasn't comfortable. It wasn't something that my parents did willingly. I just remember, you know, there'd be the nights when my dad would be sitting at the table paying the bills and it was always kind of like a, a, an unspoken thing, like don't bother dad when he's paying the bills. Yeah. And in my household, I really don't remember or can really recall my folks talking about money mm-hmm. ever. It, you know, dad ran his business and dad seemed to have handled most of that. I know mom did stuff. I know she did. Right. And yet I don't ever really even remember that. I, we had the back room in our house where on Sunday mornings, that's where my dad did all of his, his billing. He was in the construction industry, uh, a plumber and a general contractor. And so I remember on Sundays, you'd always see dad there doing the bills. And, but it was never something talked about. I think it, it wasn't until I turned maybe 16 that I actually got a checking account and I started doing some things on my own. My mom took me. Mm-hmm. But... Once again, it wasn't something that was really talked about at all in my household. Well, and it's so funny that you actually mentioned sex a few minutes ago because money and finances are kind of like sex, right? We, we aren't talked to about it. It's not part of the conversation. And yet we're supposed to grow up and know what we're doing and, yes. and know what we're and bring that knowledge that we were never given into our marriages. Mm-hmm. Which is like, think about that for a second. Most of us were raised by parents who didn't talk to us about money. And yet we're supposed to know how to talk about money and how to do money as a married couple. Which last week when we shared on the first part, bringing those funds, bringing that money together, how awkward is that if you haven't really had those conversations and now you have to have that conversation as you get married. And there are all of these feelings, these emotions that we have around mm-hmm. the topic. And, and you all said things like, you know, talking about money produces feelings of anxiety or fear, shame, stress, disappointment, despair, sadness, worry. Right? Yeah. None of those make me go, wow, let's have that money conversation. No, none. Not one of those. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there were a few people that because you've had breakthrough in your finances, you get excited about it or or you're appreciative of where you were. But by and large, it was like probably 99% of the list was a negative emotion. I mean, I think of despair and how when you're in that place or even fear and anxiety, when you're in that place, the courage it takes to break through and have that conversation. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got to you got to have some you got to have some good breakthrough to get to that point. That point, and really, a lot of it is going to be. And I'm going to share this from the top: is that we got to just normalize it. We got to be open about it. We got to be honest. And we got to be transparent about it. Because when we hold things and we put so much value on it, this is why these feelings show up. Mm-hmm. You know, this is why you feel despair when you're discussing money. So we, we got to start being open and honest and transparent with each other and with ourselves even so that we can have that breakthrough having the money conversation. 
Well, and again, there are so many parallels to talking about money and talking about sex, because mm-hmm. when I asked the question, you know, what's easier to talk about money or sex, it was 53% said it was easier to talk about money. That's pretty close. That's wow, almost 50-50. And when you look at those, that list of emotions, a list of feelings, those are a lot of the feelings that people also struggle with when it comes to talking about sex. Mm-hmm. So we have to create, we have to be those couples. Yeah. We have to be those couples that are breaking through those emotions, because these are emotions that we tend to keep locked inside of us. And so because we have all of the the negative emotions, we don't want to bring things up. We don't want to step boldly. We don't want to ruffle any feathers. And, and I've been there. There are shows. I was telling somebody about this the other day. There was the season where, uh, Christmas, mm-hmm. uh, I did not tell Tony how much I had overspent at Christmas until we were doing our budget for January. And then I had to be like, yeah, so you know, those presents that were under the Christmas tree. Yeah. That was about a thousand dollars over budget. And it was, it was gut wrenching. And I think there's two or three shows where we were talking about finances and y'all like Tony, give her a break on the finances. But it was hurtful though. From, from my perspective, it was hurtful. There, there was trust broken. Mm-hmm. And in, in those situations, it, it takes a bit of time some for, for many of us to, work through that what does this now look like because not only are we in the hole financially there's been an emotional hurt that needs to be healed and not pushed down and that's where i was even learning how to work through that because i was such a a stuffer at times i just wanted to to shove it aside and not really deal with it and so as we've been doing the show over these last nine and a half years a lot of that was me learning to be open, honest, and transparent mm-hmm. and to share instead of stuff so it doesn't rot me from the inside out. And that has been forgiven long, long time ago. I I don't even, Elisa brings it up and it brings no emotional hurt, no emotional pain. It doesn't, it's not even an inkling because the forgiveness has already been done mm-hmm. and it's it's sealed and, we, and I've moved on. But maybe for you, you need to start getting there. You you need to start working those things out instead of stuffing it down. Well, the reality is, is that money and the need to talk about it is always going to be a part of your relationship. Yes. Right. You, you all know how I feel about the words always and never. I, I feel very comfortable using the word always when it comes to talking about money in your relationship. Even to the point when your spouse passes, money will be there and I didn't realize this until my dad passed. But you, you, it is. It's thinking about funeral. It's thinking about the costs there. It's thinking about life insurance policies, uh, other funds that are available, pensions, all of these things. Even after your spouse passes, money will always be a part of your relationship. And so we have to. It's not even just breaking through those emotions, but it's also. Like, what are those things that couples need to talk about when it comes to money? What are those conversations that you know you need to talk about, but you aren't having? You mentioned a couple of them. Mm-hmm, One is life about. insurance. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're going to dig a little bit deeper into life insurance and retirement planning and things like that in, in a later um, in a show. Future, in a future show. Around, in, around the series. But you need to talk about debt. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, we we both brought in debt. I mean, we financed our first year of dating on credit, on credit cards. cards, school loans. There there were those student loans when we got married. Excessive spending. I've already shared my version of that. Credit cards, credit card debt, retirement, tithing, home projects. Like there are all of these things, and I'm telling you because I did not put this list together. This came from all of you. There are things that your spouse is thinking about and financial conversations that they are wanting to have with you, or maybe it's you wanting to have with your spouse that aren't being talked about because all of those emotions are wrapped up around it. Or maybe they've tried to have the conversation and have been met with anger Mm. or tension, or it always disintegrates into an argument. Some of you are wrestling with the fact that you're the stay at home parent And because of that, you don't feel like you've got an equal say in the finances. You don't feel like you can actually participate because you don't make the same amount of money or you don't make money. Some of you have fears of not being heard, of sounding like a nag, of rejection. Some of you simply aren't putting your money conversations on the calendar. So you're struggling with not having, not having the time. And having, a, and I call them money meetings. Um, I coined that phrase a while back with some of my coaching clients. The money meetings are important. You may not have to have a money meeting every week, but you should be having a money meeting at least once a month. And, and I just want to say something here. One of you may handle all the finances, but if you're not the one that handles the finances, you still have a responsibility to know what's going on financially. Can I, can I share something? And, and I think you brought up a, a great point there with a stay-at-home parent. Mm-hmm. It could be a, a mom or a dad, depending on your situation. We, we lived that for a, for a, quite a bit of time. After our oldest was born, Alisa was a stay-at-home mom for many years mm-hmm. and, and wasn't working at all. And, and over time, she, she jumped into some direct sales and d- did some different deals. And then we started one. And, and so there's little overlap, but what, what whatever that may be, for us, we've been there. Mm-hmm. And so... In our book, Connect Like You Did When You First Met, 101 questions, 101 proven questions for couples, we have a whole section on finances. And one of them, as she was sharing that, and I pulled it in, it's question 27. So those of you who have it, go pull this out. If you don't, go to connectlikeyoudid.com and you can pick it up. How would you feel if I made more money than you? Because that's a situation where this is happening. Now, for some, it could be, wow, we're both working. How does that make you feel? For others, I'm working and now you're a stay-at-home parent. How does that make you feel? So we got to get that answered and addressed so we can have that money conversation. And then we have other ones about retirement and others in here. But it's it's a great way to get the conversation started. And you know, even as you were saying that, the the, the verse that came to mind was, two shall become one. Right When the two of you get married, you have formed a new family unit. That, that's that oneness, right? And so, so sometimes there's going to be one person making more than the other. Sometimes there's going to be two of you working and, and somebody's making more than the other. Sometimes you're going to be in retirement and you guys are, whatever it is. The ultimate goal is to find unity. Right? Money doesn't have to be a weapon in your marriage that you're using to, to control or you're using to argue or you're using to, to do all of these things because these money situations aren't going to go away if you simply don't talk about them. Here, here's another question. I'm just going through the book. because I You guys got to pick up the book. Obviously, yeah. he's, he's... What do you think 
have been our biggest struggles financially. Mm. And I think that opens up some places for us where we've stuffed, right? What have been our biggest struggles financially? Loss of a job. Maybe it was on your own accord, you, you, you decided to step away and start a business. Maybe it was a layoff. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was a, the birth of a child that you didn't, that you thought was going to go perfectly fine. And yet now you're in medical debt because your child had to be in NICU for a week or two weeks. What, what, what is that biggest struggle? Maybe that you, you've just stuffed aside because you didn't want to talk about money. Mm-hmm. And now it's the time to, to start bringing that, bringing it up again, grab the book, connect like you did.com. You'll love it. Absolutely. And, you know, that ability to talk about money, instead of seeing it as as this barrier, as this wall between the two of you, I want to challenge you to think about the fact that it can actually be a tool to grow your marriage. I'll never forget, I was doing a coaching session with a couple. And, you know, they were in a place of, you know, we're talking about finances, we're talking about sex, and, and we're talking about these two things. And they realized that as they were developing this muscle around talking about money, and the ability to talk about any of the intimacies is really about growing a muscle, right? It's kind of this latent thing because most of us don't aren't raised with it. And so we have to create the muscle. But once they figured out that they could talk about money, it, it spilled over into these other areas. They were able to talk about their sexual intimacy. They were able to talk about their spiritual. They were able to talk about these different things. Why? Because they focused in one area. And that's why we're doing this whole series around money and marriage, because if you've got those negative emotions and you've had these experiences talking about money, and yet there's all this stuff in your head that you're like, we really need to talk about that. We really need to talk about it. What shifts in your marriage when you develop the ability to have those conversations, when you step out, you know, maybe at first it feels like you're just dipping your toe into the water to say, Mm -hmm. okay, I'm going to, I'm just going to talk about this one little area. Right. What starts to shift when that courage comes up inside of you? And, and we, we want to get into that. But like we said from the top of the show, this week's sponsor is the one conference being hosted by Journey Church in Kenosha, Wisconsin. And we love the one conference because it's the culmination of all the best strategies from the last 11 years wrapped up into one day. It's a great way for the two of you to move into a place of better sex, more laughter and deeper conversations, just like that hug that we read at the top of the show. And it's not your typical sit and listen all day, just sit back and you know, your eyes glaze over and you're all bored out of your mind. It's actually an opportunity for the two of you because we build couple time into it. Time for the two of you to connect about what's going on in your marriage. Every session allows you to do that and have practical, actionable items right there as part of the conference. And we can't wait. We can't wait to be with all of our friends and the one family in Wisconsin on September 21st, spending time with you, loving on you, just being with you. So register for this next conference and see all that we have coming up next at oneliveevents.com. Go to oneliveevents.com, see what we've got planned for the day, all the different ways that you can connect with us at the conference. Again, that's oneliveevents.com and we'll see you in Wisconsin. So as you start thinking about the money conversations and what you know is in your head and what you know you have to talk about, you gotta, you gotta own your own stuff first, right? What are your own feelings and emotions around money? What are those yeah. things that you're, you feel every single time you're like, oh, I know we need to talk about this, but 
Ooh, this is what like my stomach gets tight or my, you know, my palms get sweaty. That's how I always know when, when Tony's feeling stressed about something, he starts flexing his hands because his palms get sweaty. Yeah. Right. What's that physiological reaction? What's the, the, it could be the, the lump in the throat. It could be sweats. It could be, honestly, you could even create a, a headache. Mm-hmm. Like every time it just, it's just like, oh my gosh, I, I'm, I, there's a physical reaction. And you have to know because we can't break through our challenges if we're not aware of what they are, right? If you're just like, well, it's hard for me to talk about money. Well, what does that look like? Know what it is so that you can actually start stepping into the freedom around that. Then, like I said, you need to schedule a time to talk about money. This is not surprising your spouse when they walk in the door after, you know, it's like Friday at five and they walk in the door and you're like, we need to talk. That is not going to go. Like, I'm just gonna tell you, it's not gonna go well. But if you schedule it, if you schedule your money meeting the same way that you'd schedule a coffee break, the same way that you would schedule a time to talk about, you know, the kids or whatever it is, let's be intentional about our time. Mm-hmm. And we don't, the ambush thing, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. And I know from looking at the list of all of the, the topics that you all have, and there were many more that, you know, I'm just not going to read, you know, 45 different things on the show. But talk about one aspect uh, uh, in, a, in a money meeting, right? In okay. a money conversation. So you're talking about like, maybe it's about debt. Maybe it's about our monthly cash flow plan. Like, and we call our, our budget our cash flow plan because it's money and it's flowing through. It's, it's, we don't budget it. We, we basically tell it where it needs to go and then it flows there. So that's for us. It may be, you, you need to have that conversation directly around um, student loan, debt reduction, the debt snowball, Dave Ramsey, love mm-hmm. him, love what they do over there when it comes to that. And yet there's also retirement planning. There's fun stuff. Like mm-hmm. there are dreams. What, what, how are we setting up buckets so that way money is flowing into those areas? So when we do want to go on that 10-year, 15-year, 20-year amazing wedding anniversary trip, there's funds there. And we, we have it set aside. So those are conversations that you do. And I agree with Elisa. The, those are separate conversations. Well, you don't want your spouse to glaze over and to check out. So if they know we're talking about this one thing, then it makes it a lot easier to stay engaged. And with that, uh, my handy dandy little timer, right? Set a mm-hmm. timer. We're going to talk for 20 minutes about student loans. That means that when the timer goes off, the conversation is paused. It may not be done. But everybody's going to have the freedom to walk away and no hard feelings because you said it was going to be a 20 minute conversation Hmm. or your spouse. Here's the thing. So often we're reluctant to get into these difficult conversations or talk about these tough topics because we're not sure if we're talking for five minutes or five hours. And you guys got to get into your, your, your conversation flow. Mm -hmm. What's that look like for you guys is 20 minutes enough. For, is it enough to start the conversation, write down some notes, make some mental notes, put some notes in into your your iPhone or your 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 Android and, and so you can think about those and then move forward? Is it okay, here are some questions we need to really start addressing together and we both need to come back next week and answer these. So it may be even opening it up more inquisitive. Mm-hmm. Okay. What is our student loan debt? What do we what do we have in total? Do we even know? And sometimes we can get lost in these rabbit holes. And I will say this, Elise and I can do it as well, that all of a sudden we ask one question and then we need to find it all out, find all the information now. 
And I find that for me, it gets frustrating because the conversation doesn't really get going because all of a sudden it's like, well, how much student loan do we have? Well, I don't know. So now all of a sudden we spend a half an hour trying to find it all, which we really don't find it all because now we got to put in a phone call and we haven't really done anything. So it might be that first conversation, just like, how much do we have? Okay. Question mark. We think we have this. We think we have that over the course of the week until the next one. Hey, you find out how much you have on yours. I'll find out how much I have on mine. And then we can come together and we can discuss this together. And with that, be aware of your tone of voice and your body language when you and your spouse are discussing finances. And this goes for both husband and wife. You both need to be aware because so often your tone of voice can actually shut down the conversation before oh, sure. it ever gets started. You can, you can raise your voice. You can you know, lower we've, your voice. You can, you know, start yelling at one another. And yet to say, let's just, let's stop for a second and realize that you're not fighting each other around this area of finances. I don't care if it's one person's debt and not the other person's debt. I don't care if one person has overspent. The two of you are a team, which means that you both bring strengths to this. But if you can't have the conversation, you can't play team. Think of every sports team that you can. They huddle up. Why do they huddle up? Because it matters that bo that everybody on that team hear what's going on. Mm-hmm. Right. This is not finances. Money in your marriage is not an individual sport. It's a team sport. And, and so we've got to look at our body language. We've got to look at our tone of voice. We've got to be aware of those things that might shut our spouse down. Because if you shut your spouse down, guess what? They're not going to engage with you. But if you can open up your body language, if you can be aware of your tone of voice and keep it under control. And, and here's how I know that you all can keep your tone of voice under control is because if you and I were having a conversation about something that irritated you, you would totally keep your voice under control. Now, I want to just reference uh, a show we did, an episode we did many years ago. It's, it's called, it's uh, episode 128, Playing on the Same Team. Wow. And team stands for talk, effort, attitude, motivation. Mm. And so when we're on the same team, we're talking, which is what we're, what we're discussing here today that money conversation, there's effort put forth on both sides, 100%. You got to both be in 100%. Your attitude, what's your attitude towards this? And is there a motivation? I'll tell you, when we were deep in debt and when our first child was about to come around, our oldest, you better believe there's some motivation. There's a, a little bit of fire behind us going, we got to get out of this. And we had to have many conversations. We both had to put in effort. We had to change our attitude towards money and how we saw it and what we were willing to do and even towards one another. And then that motivation was the last bit that got us going. Wow. I, it's crazy. As we approach 500 shows, hearing about like that show right there, I'm like, wow. And I'll put that in the show notes so you guys can find it and, and, and listen. And you know, the, the great thing about that is that as you look at you know, the idea of being team, teams have coaches. Right. And this may be a season in your marriage or an area of your marriage where you're like, you know what? We need help. We mm. can't do this by ourselves. I, I had the conversation with a couple that I'm working with um, just a couple of weeks ago and, and they've been in the red for the last couple of months. And so I said, Hey, will you give me permission? We're working on these other areas. Will you give me permission to be in this area of your marriage? And as we started the conversation, the husband's like, Oh, you know, that despair, depressed. You could just see the weight on his shoulders. But it, we started talking through baby steps in their finance. Like Tony said, you know, different buckets for different things that they're saving for so that they can see that they're saving for. We looked at where their current victories are and, and, and this place of going, you know what? All is not lost. 
It's not completely hopeless. No. Nope. But they needed so, a, a fresh set of eyes to look at their finances. They needed a coach to come in and say, hold on a second, let's take a look at everybody's strengths. And it was so amazing because within 60 minutes, uh, you know, and I just asked him, I'm like, what is this looking like? And they'd had some other conversations about their finances leading up to, to our coaching session. But he shared, he's like, you've given me, like, this has given me back my mojo. Like I, I'm going into work and I'm feeling motivated and, and mm. we're encouraging each other yeah. about our financial goals. And it's not just, you know, we're, we're doing this for him or we're doing this for her. They, they realize that they are on the same team. But you've, you've got to bring in those money conversations. And like I said earlier, not use money as a weapon, but use it as an opportunity to grow your marriage, to deepen your relationship, to, to look at this as saying, what can we do together? Right? Last year, the hashtag for the one family is, you know, what can we do? What, what can, can I, I do? do? I would say around money, we actually need to change that to what can we do? Mm-hmm. Because when the two of you get together on this, I will tell you, we've had some of the greatest growth in our marriage, getting in alignment around finances, being able, developing the skills to talk about the tough topics when it comes to our money. And that's a game changer for marriages. Yeah. All right. So as we finish up part two here, think about those money conversations that you need to have with your spouse, even with yourself, start it. Get it going. We gave you some tools here today. We gave you some questions, gave you some ideas. Now it's up to you to start putting them into play and into action so that you can have deeper conversations around your money. And so you're not in despair. You're not in shame. There is no anxiety. There is no fear. We are breaking that off of you guys right now because as your money conversations grow, you're going to flourish. And that's what we want to see happen with you and those in the one family. So let's get after it. Next week, part three on money and marriage, we're going to be discussing debt. And we have a story to share. And we're going to help you guys see your debt and how to get out of it so you can continue to have those money conversations that need to happen, but specifically around debt. We love you guys. We're excited to hear what's going to happen in your lives as you take this to heart, as you start diving into your financial intimacy, and you see breakthrough happen. You see gains made. You see debt gone. You you feel the freedom and the weight lifted from your chest. We love you guys. Have yourselves a fantastic week and we'll catch you next week. Love you guys. <laughs>